Thank you, Jesus. We give God honor. We give God glory on today for lifting us up to giving us another day, giving us new grace and new mercy. We give God thanks and we give him glory. We thank you all for being here on this morning. We thank you those who are watching. Let's bow our heads for a word of prayer. Father God, we thank you for this day. There may be someone, oh God, who may be sick, oh God, may be sick in their bodies, oh God. They may have pain, oh God, but God, we know that you are a healer. <laughs> we know that you are a way maker, oh God. But Father God, we ask and pray, Lord, that you have your way. We pray, Lord, that you continue to just touch us, oh God, in a mighty way, oh God. Lord, we... <laughs> Lord, we ask that you touch us, O oh God. Give us strength, O oh God, where we need, O oh God. Strengthen where we're weak, O oh God. Lord, we love you. We praise your name on this day. We give you glory, O oh God. <coughs> God, we ask and pray, Lord, that you continue to just touch our minds, touch our hearts, that we may continue to do right, O oh God. And to get, do right by you, O oh God. Father God, we ask and pray, Lord, that you continue to just touch your people. We pray, Lord, for Sister Cynthia, oh God. Touch her body, oh God. Heal her right now in the mighty name of Jesus. Oh God, we ask you comfort her, oh Lord. And God, we give you praise and we give you glory on this day. These and all the blessings in Jesus' name we do pray. Amen and amen. Did you come to worship God on this morning? How many of you love God this morning? You all join in with us. We love God. But God so loved the world. He gave His only begotten Son. And for what He did for us, we want to tell Him that we love Him forever. You all join in. I love you forever. We're worshiping the name forever. We're giving you glory and honor for what you've done for us. Hallelujah.
put those hands together and give God some praise. I say, come on, give God some praise. Hallelujah. 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 We give God the glory. We give God the honor. We give God the praise wherever you are right now. Hallelujah. Make this your personal tabernacle. Hallelujah. Make this your personal worship. Wherever you are right now, there is your sanctuary. Hallelujah. Open your mouth and give God some praise. Hallelujah. Right where you are. Just think of God's goodness. Just think of God's mercy. Wherever you are right now. We enter his gates with thanksgiving. We enter his courts with praise. We are personally thankful to him. I thank God by myself. If nobody else helps me, I'm going to give God glory. I'm going to give God praise. I'm going to give God the honor because he's been so good to me. Come on, give God some praise right where you are. Hallelujah. 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 Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you right now. Lord, even in this moment, in this time, in this season, for this day, for your purpose, Lord, for your glory. Lord, endue us right now, our minds and our hearts. Lead us in the direction that you'd have us to go. Lord, we first of all, but Lord, we can't ask anything without saying thank you. Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you for our right minds, Lord. Thank you for our health. Thank you for our strength. Lord, thank you for our families, Lord. Hallelujah. Lord, thank you for increase. Thank you for our homes. Thank you for our jobs. Lord, thank you for our friends, Lord. Lord, thank you for even understanding in this moment that I should give you the glory, that I should give you the honor, that I should give you the praise, that this is your day. And Lord, we ought to be thankful and glorify and praise you in this moment. Lord, we ask that someone who came in with a need, Lord, you administer to that need right now, Lord. Whatever that need might be, Lord. Lord, you touch them right now. Touch their body, Lord. Touch their health, Lord. Touch their finances, Lord. Touch their heart, Lord. Somebody came in with a broken heart. Lord, you can minister to the needs of that broken heart. Lord, somebody came in with anxiety or, or, or mental disease, Lord. You touch them at the point of their need right now, Lord. Lord, somebody even came here anxious over a situation that you already have under control. Lord, give them, Lord, let them see the evidence, Lord, that you're already working that thing out and that all things work together for the good of them that love the Lord and to them who are the called according to their purpose. Touch us right now, Lord. Lord, most of all, from this moment, from this season, from this experience, Lord, from even your word that you're about to administer to our hearts, do not allow us to leave here in the same manner in which we came. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, put those hands together and give God some praise. You may be seated in the house of the Lord. Amen. This isn't for everybody, but for everybody who believes this, I just want you to point to somebody else in the building and say, I'm expecting something good from God right now. Say it again. I'm expecting something good from God right now. Hallelujah. For those who are watching virtually, just type it in the chat. I'm expecting something good from God and I'm expecting it 
right now. Come on and put a praise on that. Hallelujah. I'm expecting it. I'm believing it. I'm accepting my faith in the name of Jesus that it is done, that it is happening for me right now. And I'm believing by faith that God is operating. God is doing it. And I'm Again, I'm just thankful for each of you who've come, those of you who are sharing, who are watching online. I praise God for you. God has a special word for us this morning, and I just want you to be able to share it with you, and I'm excited about what God has for us today. If you'll follow us in the word of the Lord, we'll be in 2 Chronicles 20, verses 1 through 4. We'll also look, for those who will follow along with us, we'll also look at Isaiah 41 and 10. And also 2 Timothy 1 and 7. Again, that's 2 Chronicles 20, 1 through 4. Isaiah 41 and 10. And then 2 Timothy 1 and 7. Amen. I praise God for our praise team on this morning. Amen. Who inspired us, who led us into worship. Amen. And I praise God again for each of you who are listening to the sound of my voice on this morning. Second Chronicles 20 and 1 from the English Standard Version reads like this. It says, After this, the Moabites and the Ammonites, and with them some of the Meunites, came against Jehoshaphat for battle. Some men came and told Jehoshaphat, A great multitude is coming against you from Edom, from beyond the sea, and behold, they are in Hazazan Tamar, which is in Gedi. Then Jehoshaphat was afraid and set his face to seek the Lord and proclaimed a fast throughout all Judah. And Judah assembled to seek help from the Lord. From all the cities of Judah they came to seek the Lord. Isaiah 41 and 10. Isaiah 41 and 10 reads, Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Can I just read that again? Isaiah 41, 10. Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you and with my righteous right hand. And finally, 2 Timothy 1 and 7 reads, For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. God, open our hearts, our minds, and our spirits to be receptive to your word, that we may be pushed in the direction of your promises. In Christ's name we pray, amen. I want to talk to you today for a few moments about living fearlessly. Living fearlessly. If you look at our text, and particularly Second Chronicles 20, many of you are familiar with this particular story of Jehoshaphat, how he was surrounded by many armies that were coming against him. And if you really look into the etymology of the words and look in the historical aspect of what was going on, he was actually fighting against some of his old ancestors. Uh, he's actually fighting against some of the children that were born of, uh, it was some, some of this was a little bit of Abraham uh, versus Lot, and some of the descendants of Lot were coming against the children of Abraham. And as those, as those armies are coming against Jehoshaphat, we know many of us are familiar with the story. He tells them to send Judah first, send out the praise team first, send praise in that direction first. And 
I think that's just a good recommendation for how we should approach every day. Amen. Send praise first. Before you get mad and before you get frustrated and some of you start, some of you go immediately into fight mode. Instead of, instead of fighting, why don't you send praise first? Why don't you praise God for another day? I don't, I don't believe that God sent me this day for the purpose of causing me to continue to be frustrated. But there is something that good that is coming out of this because all things work together for the good of them that love the Lord, for them who are called according to his purpose. So even when frustration comes at you on tomorrow, on Monday morning, when somebody's looking at you cross-eyed and you haven't had your coffee yet, I want to remind you to send praise first. Uh, Before you get frustrated, before you get upset, before you cuss somebody out, just lift your hand and say, Lord, I just thank you for one more day. Lord, I thank you. And sometimes you got to praise God for stuff that you're praying for. Do you, do you understand what? I, sometimes you praise him for things that you are want to obtain, Lord. Sometimes in the face of that person who's getting on your nerves, Lord, thank you for patience. That means that I don't have it yet. I, I wish I wish I was talking to some real folks this morning. I, I have not obtained the level of patience that I desire, but Lord, I thank you in advance for the patience that I need to make it through this day. I'm, I may not have enough patience for the whole week, Lord, Lord, but Lord, give me the patience that I need for this day, and I'm praising you in advance for that which you are going to give me because I just trust God that he's not going to send me into a battle that I'm not equipped for. I, I trust him. I, 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 can't, I, I don't believe that he sends me in a direction that I'm not ready for. But if I'm following God's direction, he's already equipped me for where I am going. I, I keep reminding you that David went to deliver a lunch, but he still had a slingshot in his pocket. See, God already prepared him for that which was happening, even though David was unaware of what he was about to face. And I tell you, similarly, you are equipped for tomorrow, even when you don't realize it. You're stronger than you think. You're more powerful than you think. You have more patience than you realize. And you have the ability, more than you recognize, to pray your way through certain situations. The only reason we don't, it's not that we don't have the power to pray, is that we don't take the time to pray. We, we, we get so, so, we get so uh, inundated with the problems of the day that sometimes we just, let's be honest, we forget to pray. We get so frustrated by a situation that we just don't take time to pray. And I'm telling you, you have more authority and power than you realize. What you need to do is exercise that authority by taking a little time to pray. So when I say I'm sending praise first, I'm going to send praise first and I'm going to send prayer next. Lord, I thank you for in advance for the patience that you're going to give me. And Lord, I'm praying right now that you give me the strength that I need to make it through the rest of this day. That's the, the strategy that God gave Jehoshaphat. That's the strategy that he gave the children of Israel that they prayed. But not only did they pray, they sent praise first into that situation. Because when I send praise, let me, get, let, me let you understand this. My, my storm that I'm about to face has little to do with who brought it to me and more to do with how I respond to it. Sometimes you're so focused on the person at work. I told you, sometimes those people, they're just, they don't, they're, they're unwitting at their unwitting tools of the devil. They don't even realize it. They don't even recognize it. They don't, they're just being who they are and don't recognize that they're hitting on a sore spot. Have you ever been, you woke, you woke, sometimes you wake up on your last nerve and I need to pray with you about that. 
And then when somebody hits it, then you get mad at them. Baby, you need to, you need to take a look at yourself. They, oh, they, 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 I'm about to set it off. In, why are you about to set it off in here? Let, let's examine that. Let's not worry about the people you're about to bless out or talk to poorly. You need to examine why, why am I in a mood where I'm about to set things off in here? I need to examine where I am. So it's not about, it's not as much about who brought the storm to my doorstep. It's more about, am I prepared to respond in the way that God would have me to? Would God be pleased in how I'm about to respond? Would God be pleased in what I'm about to say? And did I praise God first? Did I send you to first into this situation? I challenge you because, see, what I'm telling you, it's a posture. Being in a posture of praise puts you in position of receiving whatever God needs to send in your direction. See, we get in a posture of fighting. You're not going to receive anything while you're fighting. See, when you praise, your hands are up and, and open. You're, you're receptive. When you're fighting, your hands are closed. And you, you're already mad. Sometimes when you're mad, you don't even see good things happening around you because you're already mad. In fact, let me tell you this way. When you have the wrong attitude, you can find a way to frame good things and make them seem like they're bad because you have the wrong attitude because you're mad. Mm, she's smiling at me. She must be talking about me. Because that, that, that has little to do with them and more to do with your attitude because you're in the wrong posture. When I wake up and I'm praising God and my hands are lifted. So you know what? There are little things that ordinarily would knock you over that don't even bother you when you're in the right posture. I'll tell you, in sports, almost every sport, I don't care what sport it is, almost every sport will tell you there's a certain position, there's a certain stance that you need to take so that you're ready. In baseball, if you're an infielder, they're telling you, stand on the balls of your feet and be in, crouch down and be in a ready position. In football, they're telling you to leverage yourself on the line. Make sure you have the right foot forward so that you're in the right position. In golf, they're telling you to make sure you stand in a certain way that you extend your arms, but you have, need to have your body in the right position. They're all teaching you that your posture is important so that you are prepared for what is about to happen next. And what I'm telling you is praise puts you in the right posture to receive what God has next for you in your life. I'm in the right posture, so I send praise first because I need to be in the right posture. I send praise first because I need to be in the right stance. Because if God is about to download something into my consciousness, into my spirit, into my life, if he's allowing me to receive something, even in that very moment where I need it, I need to be in the right posture. I need to be in the right stance. Even sometimes, some of you know, it depends on where you are. Sometimes you need to be in the right posture to get a cell signal. <laughs> you're like, okay, I need to be like, come on, y'all. Sometimes you got to be in the right posture to receive it. And that's all I'm saying with God. We need to make sure we start every day. Somebody say every day. Every day, make sure that we are standing in the right posture so that we can receive what God has for us. You want to talk about the beginning of fear. The beginning of fear is being in a position where you can't hear God speaking. That's, that's a fearful 
place to be in where you can't hear God speaking, where you can't feel God's presence because you're in the wrong posture. Because you are taking on the right, wrong spirit. Remember, God has not given us a spirit of fear. So if we're in receipt of a spirit of fear, that lets me know that we're in the wrong posture. That we're not in a position to receive what God has for us. That we're not in earshot. We're not in a a place where we're even listening to God's direction and we're listening to God's instruction. God is simply telling Jehoshaphat and the children of Israel, I need you to be in the right posture. I need you to be in the right place. I need you to be in the right position. And if you do that, I've got the rest. Uh, that's, that's That's the significance and importance of what I'm telling you. Is that he's saying, I've got the rest. If you're in the right position, if you're in the right posture, God said, I will handle the rest. So let's look at, let's look at what our writer is telling us here in, in Isaiah. I love this scripture. Fear not for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. What is he saying to us? He's telling us the reasons, and I'm taking out three, three reasons why we should not fear. Three reasons why we should not fear. The reason, reason number one, we should not fear is because of God's proximity. We shouldn't fear because that means God is close to us. What does he say in the scripture? Fear not, number one, for I am with you. Even when you don't see me, when you don't ascertain me, when you don't feel me, he's saying, I am with you. Uh, That's a message uh, all by itself. That's that's more than I'm intellectually able to, to give you other than the words of God saying that even when you don't perceive me, even when you don't see me, even when you don't suspect that I'm there, said, fear not, because I am with you. When you're in the hospital room, I'm with you. When you're in the doctor's office and it gives you a diagnosis that you can't handle by yourself, God said, I'm with you. When you're looking at your finances and you don't know how you're going to get it together, God said, I I am with you. When you you are pondering the brokenness of your heart, God's saying, I am with you. When you you feel like you're all by yourself and there's nobody else there for you, God said, I am with you. When when you're wondering why this relationship can't come together, God is saying uh, that I am with you. Fear not because of my proximity. Fear not because wherever you are, I am with you. God said, I'm not a fair weather friend. He said, because I also, not only am I with you, but he said, I will never leave you and I will never forsake you. I am with you. Somebody just say, God is with me. God is with me. He won't leave me. He won't forsake me. Some people will leave you and then there are other people that you wish they would leave. And then they, but still they forsake you. They break your confidence. They break your heart. David says it was not my enemy, but he said it was the one with which I shared sweet communion. David was saying because it was what what happened was when his sons began to try and take over the kingdom, when Absalom tried to take over, the commander that was with David decided that he was going to go with Absalom. And David was like, hold on. I thought we were boys. I thought we were connected. I thought we had I thought you would never forsake me. But then it was him who left him. 
And that's what David, when he said that in the psalm, he said it was the one with whom I share communion. That's why it hurt so bad, because it was somebody I thought was my friend. But God said, I'll never put you in that position. I will always be with you. God is, he, he keeps reminding, I, I remember the, on the side of the mirror, they don't, I don't know if they say that anymore, but on your side of your mirror, it used to say objects in mirror may be much closer than they appear. And that's how God is. Even when it seems like he's far away, God said, I'm with you. I'm never too far away for you to reach me. You're never too far away from me, for me to reach you. I'm talking to somebody right now who's saying that I'm not even sure where I am on my path with God, but wherever you are, you're in God's reach. Wherever you are, you are within reach of God because it seems to you like you're far away that I'm not doing this and I'm not doing that. and And there are some things that I'm working on in my life. But baby, wherever you are, you are not outside God's reach. God can reach you wherever you are. One of the songs in our tradition said, if he has to reach way down. Jesus will lift you up wherever you are, whatever place you find yourself in. You're never outside the reach of God. God saying, I am with you and I will not forsake you. I will not leave you. Those God is as close to you as as your grand, as your grandmother's purse is to her. Come on now. Some of you know. If you know, you know. Right now, we might be great-grandmothers now. But there's a certain generation that they're not going to let their purse get too far away away from them. This is is the interesting They'll leave their car and not know where it is, but they're not going to leave their purse. That purse is going to be real close to them. I used to laugh, and some of you know my, my Anna Alberta Howard. I always laughed at her. She was one of those who kept her purse near her. And even when she was at my grandmother's house and she was going around getting food to put on her plate, she often would have her purse <laughs> on her arm. She wasn't going to let that purse get too far away from her. But just like your grandmother, your great-grandmother's purse is close to you, so is God also close to you. He is close. The closer he is, the more comforted we should feel and the less we should fear. The hymnist said, I'm weak, but thou art strong. Jesus, keep me from all wrong. I'll be satisfied as long as I walk. Let me walk close to thee. Fear, we should not fear because of God's proximity, but not only because of his proximity. We should not fear because of our relationship. There's a difference because I'm telling you those who are not saved, those who are sinful, those who, who even have not had a connection to God, they shouldn't fear because of proximity because even where they are, God's still close to them. Even when you're in the middle of your sin, God is still close to you and all you have to do is call out and reach out to him. So that's one level. I'm, I, I fear not because of God's proximity, but the next level is I fear not because of relationship. And that's a step up. One step is no matter where I am, that's where God is, even when I'm doing wrong. The next level is I actually have relationship with him. That's what the scripture says 
It first says, fear not, in 41 and 10, Isaiah 41 and 10, fear not, for I am with you. And then it says, be not dismayed, for I am your God. Now we're talking about, now we're not just talking about proximity, we're talking about relationship. That means God, he is my God. I I belong to him and he belongs to me. I, I have relationship. We have conversations. We have talks. David said, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy known. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. And what does he do? He, he forgiveth all thine iniquities. He healeth all thy diseases. He redeemeth thy life from destruction. He crowneth thee with loving kindness and tender mercies. Who satisfies your mouth with good things. So that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Uh, that, that, it, it is a relationship that I have with God. And in that relationship, I understand God's proclivity to give me exactly what I stand in the need of. That means I have relationships so I understand that God is able to keep me from falling. I have relationship because I, I, so I understand that my God shall supply all my needs according to to his riches and glory. I, I have relationships, so I understand that he wishes above all things that I may prosper and be in health. I, I have relationships, so I understand that the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and they that dwell therein. There is nothing outside the reach of the God with whom I have relationship. When I have relationship, there's a certain amount of understanding that I have when we have relationship. Just like your children, you like we're God's children. There's a certain amount of understanding that you have when you have relationship. When you have relationship with your children, they're not wondering where they're sleeping tonight. Come on, talk to me now. They're not. They're not wondering what what they're eating. We're we're going to. I'm not sure what we're eating, but I, I know we're eating. Isn't that right, Brother Mason? You know, he, he knows he's eating. He might not know what it is, but he ain't worried about it. He's not losing any sleep. I'm, I'm going to eat. I'm going to eat today. I'm going to eat well today. I'm, pro- I'm going to probably eat three or four good times today. Come on. Because my mama and my daddy are right here. Because of the relationship. That I bear to them. Children don't have, your children ain't worried about, can I get a ride home? I'm riding with you. I got, I got a ride. I, I, got, I got meals. I got a ride. I got shelter. Not worried about that. I think your children wakes up in the morning and says, I wonder do I have health insurance? <laughs> I'm not worried about that. I wonder if, I wonder if dad paid the rent on time. I'm worried about that. Wonder do we have enough groceries for the rest of this week? I'm worried about that. Because they, they think it's magic. They open the refrigerator and wow, this stuff just pops back in there. I eat it, but when I come back, there's more stuff. It's amazing. They're not worried about that. If they're not worried, how much more should we be worried? that our heavenly father will not provide for the needs. I wish I were in here with me. For the needs of, of, of his children. 
remember the, remember the woman who had the meal in the bottom of the barrel and the prophet came and, 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 and he blessed the barrel and, and all of a sudden, every time she just reached in down there, down there, there, were, there was a little meal in the barrel. And, and I begin, I, I imagine that the first few times, Mother Linda, she kept reaching in there and she was hoping She was hoping, and I need you to get this because I'm trying to get you to another whole level of expectation. She was hoping that there was a meal in there. But at some point, it had to get to a place where she just reached in there with confidence and said, my God, shall supply. Oh, I was, oh, I'm reaching in here and I I know something is going to be in here because my God knows that I have need of this. Why am I worrying more than the lily? Why am I worrying more than the sparrow? God knows what I have need of. So when I reach in there, I wish, when I reach in my purse, when I reach in my wallet, when I reach in my bank account, I wish I had help here. I, I, I know that God had, knows that I have need of it. And whatever I need, my God shall supply all my needs. So, I used to reach hoping. Now I reach expecting. I can imagine she reached down and she said, I hope there'll be a little meal in the bottle of this barrel. But I can't help but believe that her hope turned into expectation. That she didn't even worry. She already had a plate out because when I reach in here, I know that my God has already supplied my need. So when I reach in here, I'm going to pull out some meal. When I, when I pour from my, my little flask, I'm going to pour out some more. It doesn't matter what it looks like. It can look empty on the outside. But I know my God shall supply all my need because he's my father, because he's my daddy. I don't have to lose any sleep. I don't have to worry about it because he's going to do it. In fact, he's already done it. And sometimes the only thing lacking is me reaching in by faith. Some of you right now, you don't have it. Not because he didn't provide it, but because you didn't reach in. I challenge somebody this week to reach into the barrel and expect God to do exactly what he said. God said, I'm not a man that I should lie. Nor the son of man that I should repent But whatever Somebody say whatever God has promised He will do it In fact It's already done Somebody praise him And say it's already done Come on and say it like you mean it Say it's already done Hallelujah Hallelujah Come on stand it to your feet Hallelujah, come on, give God some praise in here. Hallelujah, it's already done. It's already. It's already. It's already. Honey, I, I need you to declare. This is a this is a reciprocal declaration. Because I want you to do this 
And while you're doing it, it works both ways. It's reflexive. It works for you and it works for the person you're doing it with. I want you to point to somebody and tell them it's already done. Come on, find four or five more people. Point at them and say, it's already done. It's already done. It's already done. What I'm saying it for you, I'm also saying it for me. It's... fearlessly because of his proximity because God he's close to me I can live fearlessly because of relationship because I have that relationship with God just like that child I don't have to worry God's gonna do it because I belong to him because of that relationship but beyond proximity and beyond relationship I can live fearlessly because God is yet God and I'm going to give you that because sometimes God does stuff that benefits you because he's proving to somebody else that he's God Sometimes it benefits you. Oh, That's what we call favor. That means he's operating on his own behalf, but it's benefiting and it's blessing some of you. When, when God took the children of Israel out of Egypt, they didn't have to go through all that. God could have delivered them out in the middle of the night and caused the Egyptians to be asleep the whole time. But he sent the locusts, he sent the frogs, he sent the the famine, he sent the death of the firstborn because he was proving to the others, he was proving to the Egyptians and even to those in Israel that I am, I am God. And sometimes that's what God does on our behalf, just because, just in case they didn't know who I am. Just in case somebody didn't understand that I'm God, that I'm that I'm Almighty, that I'm powerful, just to let them know who I am. Every once in a while, God said, "I got to show them something. I I, got to show out a little bit. I I got to let them know that I still stand strong amongst my people. That I'm still the deliverer and the healer and the salvation of my people. It's not really about you." God said, I just got to let them know that I am, I am God. Come on, put those hands together and give God some praise in this house. Hallelujah. 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 Let me pray with you, Heavenly Father, Lord. We thank you for this lesson, for this scripture, for this moment. Lord, for the ministry that you have given us in Isaiah 41 and 10. 
Lord, that we should not fear because you are with us. We should not fear because you are our God, because we have relationship. And Lord, we should not fear simply because you reign upon the throne. You are majestic. You're omniscient. You're omnipotent. You're all-knowing. You're all-powerful. And every now and again, you remind us and those around us that you are yet in control. And for that, Lord, we just say thank you. In the middle of a circumstance that we don't understand, Lord, we're still grateful and thankful that you are God, that you're looking out for us, that we are your children. There is nothing that you will not give us that we have need of. And for that, Lord, we thank you. For that, Lord, we praise you. We give you the glory and the honor even right now in Jesus' name. Come on, put those hands together again and give God some praise. For those of you who've been watching us virtually, we praise God for you. And we pray that you reach in your barrel on this week and live with great expectation until we shall see you again. Come on, put those I hope and pray that each of you were touched and inspired by our service today. If you wish to partner with us, you can do so by Giveify. Download the app on Apple Store or Google Play and search for Bright Temple. If you wish to partner with us on Cash App, just look for Bright Temple in the two line. And in the four line, tell us the purpose of your gift. If you would rather mail your gift, you can mail us at Bright Temple, Post Office Box 453, Shelbyville, Tennessee, 37162. Thanks in advance for your generosity, and we pray God's blessings on you and your gift.